we got this sometimes we have this pers- this uh update when you get a phone you got to update that joint right or else you're gonna be outdated some of us have an outdated image of jesus and so sometimes like through the word <laughs> through the word you have to update your image of who jesus is your revelation of who jesus is and so you have to read it and remember oh wait it says that we're seated in christ with god in heavenly places and so i'm like oh that changes my perspective right welcome to a christian podcast the podcast where we have christ-centered conversations i'm your host kevin wilson can i get a you you one more time can i get a you Alright, that felt good, y'all. It's gonna be a good day today. The weather is good, the sun is shining, the birds chirping, the leaves is doing what they doing. Um, and so we're gonna have a good time, all right? Let's get it. Welcome to another episode of a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wilson. Who am I with today? Hey, my name is Alan Ray. Che Cole. And Elijah. Alright, so this is the last episode of this season this is the last episode of season five y'all can you can we clap it up for season five this is gonna be the 20th episode of season five and so this is also the last podcast in the park of 2023 i don't know i've been throwing hints out but i don't know what it's gonna look like next year we're gonna try to travel a little bit and we'll see what that looks like but this is the last one of this year so i appreciate each and every person for being here and even each and every person for watching um with that, right, as we transition seasons, we're going to be doing more episodes indoors, inside, in the studio. And I know some people are like, yo, bring the studio episodes back. We, we got you. We're bringing them back. Um, can I be real with y'all, though? The, the studio, it, it, it costs a little bit, right? And so we want to uh, just be able to partner with you guys. And so I've, I've done the calculations. And so each episode is about 41, 16 an hour. And so y'all know the episodes be like an hour and a half. So it's two hours an episode. And so that'll be 82.32. So if you would like to fund an episode or even just a partial donation towards the episode, there's a way you can do that. If you're in person, the QR code, you can do that on uh, Buy Me A Coffee is the name of the site. And if you are online, you can do that in the description. And so it's just a way that you can be able to partner with us so that we can continue to make these episodes happen and um, allow people from all around the world to experience what God is doing here in Charlotte. And so with that, we're going to shout out the online family. We got Quez from Polk County, and he is from Florida. Clap it up for Quez. And we got, I'm going to try to pronounce this, it looks like Vamisuka. 4466 from Fiji. Uh, clap it up for her. All right. So if you're watching this episode, let me know. Uh, drop your name and drop where you're watching from. We want to know where you're watching a Christian podcast from. So, as always, question of the day. Some people uh, take this question very seriously. Um, what is the proper ratio of PB and J? Right? Peanut butter and jelly. Some people take their PB&Js very seriously. It's raining leaves right now, but it's all good. So, are y'all... Put a hand up if you like more peanut butter than anything. Alright, put a hand up if you like an even amount of peanut butter and jelly. Alright, and then if you like extra jelly like me, if you... What's going on? Where y'all at? (laughs) So, y'all like... Put the peanut butter more up. Y'all mouths don't be dry? (laughs) There's no way. 
I feel so like all of do? that jelly, jelly, like <laughs> all of that jelly. It's like, do you want a sugar sandwich? Like, yeah. yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Say what you got. 50-50, you know, even it out. Even it's out. PB and J sandwich, so nah, even mine distribution. Mine be J jelly, jelly, <laughs> peanut, peanut butter. butter. <laughs> it be jelly, jelly. <laughs> peanut butter, peanut butter. <laughs> facts, facts. All right, cool. So today we are talking about the cost of salvation, right? And so it's a uh, it's a little duality there with that because the cost of salvation is twofold. One, you have the cost of Jesus Christ, what it cost him in order for us to have salvation. And then we also have the cost that it um, costs us to be saved, right? Because what prompted me to do this episode, I was writing a caption and I was like, it doesn't take much to be saved. And then I was like, it doesn't, but it takes a little bit more than we often kind of advertise. Like sometimes I think we eat so easily express the grace of God that we actually don't um, make people consider the cost of what it is to actually say, I want to follow Jesus. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. What does that look like? Like, what is the cost? And so let's first talk about what was done. Um, so, Nelly, in like one minute, break down, 30 seconds to a minute, break down what salvation is. Okay, so salvation is... The definition is being saved. Um, and so we're saved from sin. We're saved from the penalty of sin by Jesus' sacrifice uh, for us. So uh, we were created to be one with God. We were created to be one with God and we were, um, God is holy. And so because we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, sin separates us from God. And so we need a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice, who is Jesus, um, to pay the penalty for our sins. And so when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we're saved. If we believe in our hearts as well, then, and, and confess with our mouths, then that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, then we're saved. Mm-hmm. And so we're free from, from eternal death. Dope. I remember like, um, I made a post about this a while ago, but I remember when I was a kid, I used to like, be you know like certain stuff is free as, as you're a kid like this is free like they got free ice cream here they got this you got samples at sam's club or costco you be like this is free and my mom used to always be like nothing's free i'm like yeah this is free she like somebody had to pay for it um and so it's the same way with salvation like while the team was setting up earlier today this kid came and he was like he saw the sign he said free snacks right and he was lit um and so he just came up he literally just ran up to the thing took a snack and was out he was he literally was riding his little thing he's like free snack i got a free snack he was lit um right no (laughs) yeah he said one for for right now one for later um (laughs) so while that snack was free for him it still cost somebody something right somebody had to pay for the snack somebody had to go get it somebody had to bring it here and so it was free for him um but it was not free to somebody and so that's how salvation is where we get to accept the gift and say oh i got i i put my faith in you jesus i don't have to die on the cross i don't have to get beat and bruised and um like people don't have to i don't have to die for my own sins um i just have to say yes but right we say that but what does that yes come with? That's what I want to talk about, right? And so, Che, what has saying yes to God 
yes to Jesus cost you in life? Yeah, so saying yes to God, yes to Jesus is um, putting death to self. And what I mean by that is um, there are certain things that culture, even your peers maybe, or even sometimes it's your family, uh, have prescribes you to be cert- a certain way or you're going to do these certain things or um, you may have defined success in life, right? Uh, culture dictates what success is and, and all these different things. But it's saying uh, no to some of those things and it may not be everything. I don't want to you know, prescribe um, that or assume that, but I think it has cost me you know, what I thought success for my life looked like or what I thought this meant for my life or how I thought the trajectory of my life should go or would go mm. and being able to to submit that to God uh, that is the cost of saying yes to Jesus if that yeah so let's tap into that for a little bit let's talk about the cost of essentially submitting your will is what, what we're saying is is the cost of having to grieve what I thought was supposed to be what I thought my life was supposed to look like what I thought even salvation actually look like versus what it is because like like i said at the beginning i think a lot of times we hear yo just accept jesus christ in your heart and you're saved right and that is what it is but i think sometimes we do people a disservice by not actually explaining what does that come with right and so um along ray what's what's a plan or a vision or Something that you had in your life that you had to submit to Christ upon following him. It could be at any point in life. It doesn't really matter. Um, I think for me, just desires. My desires. um, There's things that um, I want. Things that I have always dreamed of. And those things I have to literally say, okay, God. This is this is your will and surrendering myself to fully surrendering myself to God and allowing God to be the orchestrator of my life. Um, just and, and like not to say that my desires are not meaningful because God hears and it says it in his word that he he, he hears the desires of our heart. He knows the desires of our heart. Um, but knowing that his desires for me and what he wants for me surpasses anything that i could absolutely want Mm. and that he knows and he has better for me so Mm. now that's good i like i like uh okay so with that you said like you had to understand that what his will is is better Mm -hmm. i think that's what causes a lot of frustration is either a lack of understanding God's will and his plan for your life or um, a lack of belief that his plan is actually better than ours because sometimes we don't say it nobody says like oh my plan's better than God nobody's gonna say that out loud right but you you know you feel it when you're going through something and you have these plans and then it's it's getting frustrated by all these things and you're like yo God is this this ain't what you had. It's the, it's the it's the Israelites, right? Like this ain't what we supposed to do. We we was better back when we were slaves, yeah. um, and so it's that being able to submit 
and I think um, it requires understanding to submit, right? Like, I submit to my father, right, yeah. and, or my, my dad. And so, but that's because I have a relationship with my dad. It's because he, he's my father. I trust him. If a random dude in the park came up and said, yo, you need to do this or you should do this, I'd be like, I don't know you, bro. Like, And so while it's, most of us don't feel like we don't know God, some of us don't know God. Um, and maybe you know God, but maybe there's parts of him that you haven't experienced yet. And until you experience them, you're always going to be frustrated because what you see is, is going to overtake what he spoke. And if you if you don't read if you don't understand the word you don't know the word you don't read the word what he spoke you won't even know so there's levels to it um, yeah y'all got anything to add they be getting on me how I be like <laughs> y'all got anything to add um, all right I'm gonna go to uh, the Q and A questions feel free to keep jotting those down if you're out here um, this person asked. Is doing good a requirement for salvation, or is it only based on faith? Mm. So the typical answer would be no, right? You don't do anything. But I think this is where we're getting at with this episode. The Bible says in James, faith without works is what? Dead. And so our works, our works... We're not saved by our works, right? But our works do um, validate the fact that we actually have faith, right? And so while while doing good works, doing good things doesn't make you saved, it is the evidence that you do actually have faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if somebody said, yo, and I think James says that in that, in in that he says, if somebody comes up to you and asks you for clothes or or food to eat, and you say, you know, uh, you you don't give it to them, it's like that's not actually helping them. It's not actually beneficial in the moment. And so the same thing, if you say you have faith and God tells you to do this and you don't do it, then we had to say, God, do I have faith or is my faith lacking in this area? And so are there any areas where God has had to, like, expose your lack of faith or trust in him? Yeah, so... I go back to when I was in college, my last year in college. Um, you know, everyone wants to have the job right out of college or have something set up, you know, even in the final semester, like working towards that. Um, and I just remember being, um, so I was an RA, so I was on duty one night and uh, on call one night and um, my shift had been over maybe like, an hour or two and I was still out there because I'm looking at jobs and um, there's a situation where I thought I had a job and it didn't come through and um, all these different things I had got my hopes up for this opportunity it didn't come through um, and so I'm I'm just stressing like like trying to figure it out in all in one night pretty much mm-hmm. right and um, um, and so that continues over the course of, of you know the semester or whatever and I remember talking to my supervisor at the time and he you know was just saying you know hey just you can chill you got months until graduation and all this kind of stuff and i remember having to submit that to god and just say lord you're my provider i don't have to worry about how this is going to happen when this is going to happen lord i know that you'll take care of me and you know 
the testimony in it is that um, one of the jobs that I the job that I end up getting the interview process was the exact same as a process that I thought like yo you you got this job but the process was the exact same the interview process was the exact same and so that moment of disappointment in that season was actually just preparation for when I go into this room I've already prepared you for this and so that showed me that God was always there always looking out for me um, and so being able to submit that I had to submit it to God first right because had I not submitted it to him, I would have thought, oh, it was in the connection. It was in the person that wanted to give you the job. It was in the connection that you met at this event. But God was showing that, no, this is, I am the giver. <laughs> I am the provider. Yeah, that's good. I wanted to say to that, um, I think a lot of times we do things because we feel like they're correct or we we just kind of think that this is the right thing to do and doing the right thing is what earns you love or earns you salvation or um, whatever, right? Like it gets you the, the outcome that you're looking for. But like I think about, um, you know, just Jesus even dying on the cross for us, like salvation, like it's because he loved the world, you know, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Um, you know, like we see time and time again in the word how um, love, you know, it, it talks about out of love, these actions are followed. And so I think if we have the perspective of, you know, just understanding relationship, understanding, um, you know, God's love for us or, you know, just understanding why we do the things that we do. Um, I think that like our action should come from that. Um, yeah, that was my only point. Um, similar to what Che was sharing, um, I'll, I'll share a personal experience that I had, that I had to surrender literally it all to God. Um, I was working at a job and I, three months into the, three months in, I think I was laid off. Yeah, it was like three months in. I was laid off and no job. I'm in Charlotte by myself. My family's not here. And so, um... I'm just going to make this story really short, but I um, did not have a job for a whole year, literally 365 days from the day that I got let go was the day that I got an offer. Um, and so in that year, I was just like in my head, I'm like, I dealt with rejection. I dealt with like d doubting myself and my ability to do the things that I know I can do. And um it was a really hard, hard time, and it was a really settling time as well because God showed me who he really was. Um, it wasn't about the money. It really, it absolutely wasn't about the money. It was all about God and my relationship with him. And so during that year, um, he supernaturally provided for me. Like, I mean, people were just calling and saying, hey, I got some money for you. I mean, rent was paid. Bills were paid. I still to this day don't know. Um, but I do know that in that time, God allowed me to see who he was. Um, and I literally had to submit and surrender my entire life, my thoughts, my rejection. Like it was like things just uprooted. Like God was like, why do you why are you sad that you didn't get that job? Yeah. You're struggling with rejection. <laughs> um, why are you doubting your ability to do something? I'm God. I gave you your mind to do that. 
and whatever is going to come for you, come to you is going to happen when it's supposed to happen. And so for me, surrendering has just been an ongoing thing since that, that exercise. And I've had to continuously surrender all the time. Like when I have that thought of rejection, I have that thought of doubt. I have that thought of fear. I have to go back to that year that I spent with God and say, okay, God, here we are. Help me. And so surrender is, 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 it's big, it's hard, but it's a consistent thing that you have to do throughout your life. That's good. Surrender is one of those things where it's like, it's, e- it's easy to talk about on the flip side. Like after it's done, it's like, yeah, I had to surrender a little bit, a little surrender. You be going through it, you like, yo, this, this, you want me to surrender this? You be like, God, you playing. Like, okay, cool, okay, cool, stop playing, God. Um, and he's like, yeah. Um, but it goes back to trust. Again, it's, it's, it's hard to surrender to somebody you don't trust. And so it's hard to surrender to somebody you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I know we always point back to the Bible, to the Word of God. But without the Word of God, we have no, we have no basis of what our faith is. And so um, the Word is God, right? John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so... I can't know God apart from his word. Yeah. Like I was talking to some people the other day and they was like, yeah, I have a relationship with God. Da, da, da. And they was talking about the Bible. It's like, I don't believe in the Bible, this and that. It's been tailored and you know, all, all of the stuff. Right. And I said, I'm going to challenge you and say, I don't, not, I don't, I said it like this. Cause I wanted to challenge them. I didn't want to be like condemning, but I said it like, do you honestly think that you can know God without knowing who he is, what he said, and if, if his word does in, indeed say that it is, that he is the word, um, I can't know him apart from that, right? And so I think I heard, it might have been Travis Green or somebody share a story about they were getting letters. They had like a pen pal like when they was young or something. I don't know. It's Tim Ross, I think this actually is, not Travis Green. But... um I'm going to kind of summarize the story. I might make it my own a little bit, change a little thing. But essentially, he was saying that he only knew this person through what they wrote, right? Their pen pals. Pen pals ain't really a thing. I know that some of the young people watching like, pen pal? What is that? <laughs> right? Where you write you write letters back and forth to somebody. And you might not even have ever met the person. Um, but, you know, it went for months. And he's always talking about like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, oh, yeah, I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He always put that somewhere in the letters. Um, and at some point, I guess he was able to meet or meet this person and they said something about like being allergic to peanut butter and he was like you can't be the person that i was talking to because all throughout these letters you've been saying you like pb and j and now you're saying that you're allergic to peanut butter peanut butter the point is he knew the person by what they wrote he knew the person by the letters they received and so it's the same way through god's word he wrote it through people people often say well man wrote man wrote scripture god wrote the scripture he just used men, men to do it, right? And so if I were to say to Alonre right now, hey, Alonre, my hands are tied. Could you write down this letter that says Jesus loves you to somebody and give it to them? Did Alonre write it? Yes, yeah, she physically wrote it, but who came up with it? I did. And so um, Alonre would be 
the vessel used by me to say what I wanted to say. And so that's the same way with the men um, and women that wrote the Bible. Like, it was them, it was God that wrote it through them. Does that make sense? And so without the word, it's hard to trust God. And so, um, Nelly, how has the word affected your salvation? I think about um, the scripture in First John. It talks about sanctifying us. I think it's first john one of the johns um but sanctifying the word sanctifying us with the truth the word is the truth and so um yeah i was when i before i started reading the bible i was like wait a minute like so i received christ as my lord and savior um and then i was like i have to know everything like you know i realized i had grown up in church right and i'm hearing these things like in my experience with like relationship with him was different than what I was experiencing, you know, as a child, if that makes sense. Like it was more of, I was just there routine and everything like that. Um, but I wasn't like being discipled, like being taught. And so I'm like, I, ha I have to know about this, this Jesus. I have to know about God. And so I'm like, okay, if I read the word of God, like I, I just saw it as, why wouldn't I um, use the tool that he left us? You know what I'm saying? Like, why wouldn't I um, take the time to read the word if this is the Holy Bible, if this is the word of God as, as people say it is, right? And so, um, yeah, as I started reading the word, I began to know the truth and know why Jesus died on the cross for us. Like having an understanding of what salvation truly is and then also having a revelation of my sinfulness and in, in seeing how like I was born and shaped in iniquity, like I was born in sin. And so if that's the case, then I, I need a savior. And I was really able to see like my true frame and just see how like me in and of myself, like I'm evil, I'm nothing. Like I'm not this amazing per person, you know, that I, that I really thought that I was, you know, before I gave my life to Christ. But, you know, and I, you know, God made us fearfully and wonderfully. He, he snapped on you, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, like it's, it's with him that he's able to blow his super on our natural and, um, you know, just really like sanctify us and show, show us who we are in him. And so when I decided to like, I, so actually the scripture that I have up here is, um, Luke chapter nine, verse 23, Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? And at that point, again, that, that truth showed me Oh, I need Jesus like I, I need him and I have to crucify myself like like I, I have to crucify my flesh daily like I have to die to myself my own desires the pride that I had in my heart like all of that and um so yeah that only came from like from from reading his word and so the more that I um just that truth part is just really sticking out to me the more that I know know knew the truth the word also says it sets you free um and so yeah that's how it's like shaped my salvation I guess it's good. That's good. That's good. All right. I like this question. Would you say it's a cost or an exchange is what someone asked. Um, I feel like a cost is an exchange in a way, right? Where you either way 
You give something, you get something, right? I think when it comes to salvation, what we get is already done. Does that make sense? So if you don't realize that, it may seem like a constant process of like, I'm giving, 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 but I'm not getting, getting, getting. But it's like, God's like, it's already done. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, okay, so Luke 14, starting at 25, my, in the NIV, the headline reads, the cost of being a disciple. Um, I'm going to just read through it a little bit. So, large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciples. Now, when he says hate, he uses in a metaphor to say, if you're not willing to do anything to follow me, right? He's not saying actually <laughs> hate people, right? Same Jesus also says, love your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Um, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? I'll stop there for now. Um, but this is what this is the scripture that really spoke to me when I was like, man, we've been shorting people on the true definition of salvation, right? We say, yeah, just say yes to God. Yeah, that's that's true. But Jesus is like, yo, if you're not willing to give up everything for me, you cannot. It says you cannot be my disciple, right? It don't say I'll make an exception for you if you're cool enough. It says you cannot be my disciples, and so. Uh, quick show of hands Put your hand up if you are saved Okay Hands down, hands down Put your hand up If you actually knew What it cost to be saved At the moment that you got saved Now put it up boldly Don't be Alright so Dang Okay Gosh Okay I have the same story Like Most people it's like you find out along the way. But Jesus says, yo, it's foolish for you to start building something without knowing how much it costs, without knowing how much it'll take, without, like, you can't start a war and say, let's just start fighting. It's like, yo, you better figure out if you can win or even stand a chance, right? And so Jesus is like, I, I think what strikes me almost the most in this is the first line. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, Large crowds were following Jesus, and he's like, I imagine Jesus just walking. He's like, wait a second. Let me, I know y'all are with me, physically walking with me, following me, but I know for a fact that some of you guys don't know what it actually costs to follow me. And so let me just break down real quick so we can stop, and some of y'all can leave, and some of y'all can actually decide in your hearts if you actually have the, the knowledge, the understanding of what it takes and the will to say, that's what I want to do. Um, in other words, Jesus is acknowledging everybody in this group 
is physically following me, but not with their hearts, right? It, it says, uh, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, is what the scripture says. And so there are people that say they are faith say they are saved i meet people all the time you're like yo are you saved like yeah like what's salvation mean being a good person Yikes. and i'm like oh no 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 and if that's one of you if, if you are here and are watching this and that's you this is no condemnation or shame but i i have to tell you that being good going off uh what we talked about and what the bible says being good is not good enough yeah. um because the the standard for heaven is not good it's perfection and so Jesus is what is who perfects us. Um, he's the author and perfecter, the finisher of our faith, right? So without Jesus, our faith is literally incomplete. Um, and so as we go about this episode, as we, you go about life, go through, go through the scriptures, sit down and be like, yo, Jesus, have I actually, is my faith real? Right? Like, is my faith just blind? Is my faith in? Because you know, the altar call was good. The, the worship, the day was playing the strings and the pads. Then on the, it sound good. And then the pastor was real convincing. And then I got emotional. I start crying. I just say, yes, Jesus. I, yeah. Right. Without saying like how many we just said all, a lot of us said yes to Jesus, but we ain't know what it costs. Yeah. And so. Um, got something to say. Yeah, you, go ahead. I, I have a question. Why do you think it's why? Why is it, Nelly? Like, can you tell us about your salvation experience and tell us how you were educated on that before, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So, um, so I did like grow up in church, but the reason why I raised my hand was because I didn't consider myself as saved. Like, but that was after like learning what true salvation was. Um, and so like when I believe, I decided to make a conscious decision to believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and savior after I did my research, after I read the word of God. And so, yeah, I, I believe that I wasn't saved before I actually made a conscious decision with understanding and with actually believing, um, you know, cause, uh, I mean, that, that scripture says when you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. So you can say it all day, but do you believe it? Mm-hmm. And that little difference, it, it, makes, a, it makes a big difference. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, um, that's why, that was, that was my experience. Like I decided to be like, okay, let me see for myself first. And I'm the type of person like that likes to like analyze like everything that's on the table first before I make a decision. And so that's kind of like what I did. I'm like, okay, what truly is Christianity? What truly is salvation? And then when I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a decision. And so, yeah. That's good. I feel like that's what we should all do. And that's what we're trying to do even with this episode. It's a lot of people that watch of all ages, a lot of young people. Um, but I think it's important for us to know, like, what's, what are we saying yes to? Like, yeah. pick up your cross daily. Like we we say that pick up your cross, pick up your cross. It's like, yo, do you know how gruesome that was? You know, like it's not a light metaphor. Like pick up your cross. It's not saying like pick up a heavy backpack. No, it's a pick up a, a heavy cross, right? Um, and so, I think the clearer of an image we have of Jesus, 
the easier it is to actually submit to that and have that uh, yes and that that yes with everything that it comes with. So I'm gonna be honest too. I think like if like you making a decision like without having like understanding or truly like having your heart in it, like I think that's just as bad as like. Yeah, I think it's just as bad as not doing it at all, like, you know, and just deciding, like, in your heart, like, I'm not going to be a believer, if that makes sense. Like, so if I'm just doing things religiously, is what I'm trying to say. Like, if I'm just doing things, like, just for, for tradition or whatever, um, you know, we I, I'm taking communion every Sunday, but I don't know why I'm taking communion or every first Sunday or however often, you know, your church might do. Like, you know, like, if I'm doing this, but I'm not doing it with understanding, if I'm reciting these words every Sunday and I'm not doing it with understanding, if I'm you know, choosing not to go out here and sin in certain ways or whatever, like if I'm picking and choosing, you know, I feel like that's just as bad if you don't understand why you're doing it because your heart's not there. Mm -hmm. And how many times, you know, who would want, you know, a friend or a person you're in a relationship or or a parent um, or whoever, who would want to be in relationship with somebody who just does it because they feel like it's the right thing to do or they're doing it out of obligation because they know well, you saved me. Like, you you got to be here or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you'd want that person's heart to be in it with whatever they're doing for you or with you or whatever, you know? It's um. mm. like it said, um, anyway, they'll, they'll prophesy in my name, right? Mm-hmm. They'll cast out demons in my name. Mm-hmm. Most times we see somebody prophesying and casting out demons. They must know God. Mm-hmm. But then he says after that, he says, depart from me. I never knew you. Yeah. So wait. Because Nelly was talking about, you know, communion and singing and worship and all of that stuff. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people that did powerful stuff in Christ without Christ. Right. And so now, I don't know we're going to go there. But now it gets to. You can be. You can actually learn how to utilize the power of God without God without relationship with God. That's what the scripture says. It says they prophesy in my name. They cast out demons in my name. It's like the um the sons of Sceva. They literally going around casting out demons until one was like, nah, y'all don't got relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus I know, Paul I've heard of, right? Paul I've heard of through his relationship to Jesus. But y'all, I don't recognize where y'all come from. Y'all don't got that relationship. Um, y'all don't have that time spent. You don't have that devotion to the true living God who is Jesus Christ. And so I'm not falling for that one. Y'all not casting me out. He said, I'm, he said one man beat up all, all these brothers. Uh, he went crazy. He said, yeah, no, nah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, and so even, even, yeah, even demons recognize your relationship with God, if you're not tapped in, better than you, right? Because the, the, it's all spiritual, right? We all often talk about, oh, spiritual, spiritual. The spirit, the Bible says the Lord is spirit. God is spirit. Um, and so we are spiritual beings living in earthly vessels. And so if you're not aware of what's going on, you, you, you're you you're prey to the, to the devil and schemes, right? It says... Um, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, roams around, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may devour is those that are uneducated, uh, without relationship with Jesus, those that are doing the stuff apart from knowing God. And so, 
this is about to be a weird episode. Che, can you pray? No, we don't usually pray in the middle. But Che, can you pray for those that have either here or watching that have just realized that they said yes to Jesus without knowing what that took? So, Lord, we thank you that even through an episode in the park, on YouTube, on, on whatever platform, God, that we can come into the knowledge of who you are, come so. into the revelation of who you are. God, we thank you that uh, while we may have said yes uh, at one moment in time, even uh, before we watched this episode, before we came to the park on today, we might have said yes, uh, but we didn't really understand what that meant or what that looked like. Yeah. So, God, we ask that you would uh, cover us, that you would, uh, through, through your blood, through your grace, through your mercy, Lord, Lord, we're coming to you with a pure-hearted posture right now, God, yes, saying Lord. yes to you. Yes, if that's Lord. you, I would just want you to say yes to God. I want you to just say yes to Jesus right yes. now. Yes. So, Lord, we thank you for that person that is recommitting themselves, rededicating themselves with a pure-hearted yes on today, God. Lord, we thank you that you don't take it lightly. You don't take it for granted. God, that we had this opportunity, that this is not by happenstance, this is not by uh, coincidence that we're here saying yes to you once again, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you for your yeah. saving grace. Lord, yes, we Lord. thank you for your blood. We thank you for what you did upon Calvary's cross. Lord, we accept you now as Lord and Savior of our lives, God. God, we thank you. God, we honor you for that. Lord, we yes. thank you. Thank Lord, you, Lord, we recognize that we were sinners, that we are sinners, and that we are in need of a Savior. So, Lord, we thank you. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I, I was just like, I don't know. I felt led to pray for us to pray in the middle of that. Um, so I want to read a scripture. Did anybody have anything on that note before? I? So I want to read a scripture. Uh, um, Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 3 through 10. Luke chapter 19, verse 3 through 10. I read this the other day and I was like, man, it just really, it was a... Uh, an example of what it means to to follow Jesus, right? To do whatever it takes to to, to seek Jesus. So, I'm, I'm actually start with one. Actually, um, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tech, tax collector and was wealthy. Now, at the time, tax collectors are like despised. They're kind of like grimy. Uh, I mean. We, we kind of view the IRS that way today. Uh, I don't know what it is in other countries, but we don't really. Yeah. So you get it. Um, tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So I was reading this the other day. I ain't going to lie. I started. I got a little teary. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes when we read, we don't picture it. Like, when I read this, it literally came alive to me. Like, I could see it where, like, it's a crowd of people. And you have this man, a short man, despised man amongst these people. And Jesus is coming through. And he's like, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like, he literally runs ahead, climbs up a tree. Like, he's de He's desperate. And what really struck me was that 
he was desperate without a promise of getting anything. Like he was like, I'm, I'm gonna just go just so I can lay my eyes on who Jesus is. And so as he did that, Jesus recognized, says Jesus looked up to him and said, come down. And I believe that Jesus, as he looks up, he recognizes his faith that said, yo, you are willing literally to do all of this just to see me. You are like, I know that you have faith. And so then you say, you see him say, I'll give half my possessions away if I've cheated anybody out of anything. In other words, he's saying, whatever I got to do to be right with you, I'll do. And so this story is a formula. I don't want to say a formula. It's a story about how we should do whatever it takes to see Jesus, to meet Jesus, to follow Jesus. If 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 Jesus is at is here, right, like the song, uh, want to be where you are, right? Like wherever you are, Jesus, that's where I want to be. Um, and so that costs, right? We don't, it doesn't say it, but I'm sure he's already short man. He's already man people don't like. I'm sure it's kind of humiliating to be running and then you climb up, bro, what are you doing? Why are you climbing up this tree? Um, and so Zacchaeus in this moment is like, bro, I don't care about what y'all got going on. I'm like, if Jesus is here, I want to just see him. And so we don't even get a chance to just see him, but we get to be with him by the Holy Spirit through his word. Um, and oftentimes we just look at our Bible and walk by it like, yeah, I'll get to it later. Or uh, we wake up and we, you know, we say, oh, Lord, thank you for waking me up. Maybe we might say that. Lord, thank you for waking me up. Da, da, da. Cool. We keep it moving. Um, and Jesus is like, yo, I've paid the price to be with you at every moment. And you're still forsaking me. I paid the price so that you at any moment in life, you can. I'm with you. Right. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. And so, um, yeah, forgive us, Lord, for not even acknowledging your presence as you've been with us and people are desperate people are dying literally people are dying just to be able to get a bible so they can read your word like come on y'all we got work to do so (laughs) belly um i'm just thinking about um so salvation so there's an act of salvation like we're we're saved right like we're saved so our destination is is heaven you know at the end of this life but then we're also being saved like there are sins that we still commit right um but the good thing is that you know after we're saved we repent of our sins and that's the important thing too i forgot to say that um like repenting is is an important part of you know receiving jesus christ as your lord and savior as well um because when you repent and i think that's like the cost right is you saying like you're turning away from your wicked ways like you're turning away from the life that you used to live you're turning away from pursuing sin and you're giving your life to christ and so you're giving your life to the his way of life you know the way that he calls us to live and his standard and so um so yeah like we're saved there's this like battle here right because we're saved we know that our destination is heaven but at the same time we do still sometimes sin and you know that process of being made like him i think that that's where that cost comes in daily like paying that cost daily um that process of sanctification is making us more like jesus and so every day we have to decide I'm going to die to my flesh. I'm going to not um, 
sin against my brother or sister by holding unforgiveness towards them or, um, you know, cussing them out or, you know, like, um, you know, just sinning out of our anger and things like that, like doing people wrong and things like that. We have to decide, no, I'm not going to go that way any longer. I'm not going to handle things the way that I used to. You know, I'm not going to, you know, fornicate. I'm not going to, you know, just be, you know, just walking according to my flesh. But instead, I'm going to decide that I'm going to do things your way. And so there's a cost literally moment by moment even, you know, to say, I'm, I'm done with that. Like, let me do things your way. And um, I mean, I guess we can talk about it later, but like, you know, even with that comes, you know, God's grace and him empowering us, you know, by his Holy Spirit. Like, you know, uh, God talks about too, like how we will have trouble. Like that's a part of it, right? Is, you know, we'll have trouble. And, you know, one can think like, okay, like if I was struggling before Jesus, like, and I'm gonna struggle after him, then what's the point? <laughs> but, mm. you know, the thing is like, he's That's overcome good. the world. He's already overcome it, you know, even though, um, you know, we still have, we, we still have struggles, but I'd rather struggle with Jesus. And it's a different type of struggle too, you know? Um, and so we, we have like, we're empowered by his Holy Spirit after that to live this holy life like we don't have to do it alone and so um i think that's a really big thing to remember too is you know though it you know it can feel um you know discouraging sometimes you know when you do deal with like everyday life too but you're doing it with the empowerment of jesus and that makes it a whole whole lot better yeah uh okay are you speaking and brought this up somebody said this the other day and they said we're talking about salvation heaven hell all that stuff right he said, if you, if God came to you and said, you're going to hell, like whether you believe me or not, like whether you trust me, whether you do what's right or not, you're going to hell. He was like, most quote unquote Christians would not do good anymore. Like if God was like, I'm still God, right? I'm still me. But either way, whatever you do, you go to hell. And I thought about it and I was like, wait, 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 wait. And I really broke it down, and I was like, "That, that's really what it is for a lot of people. It is obedience out of, I just want to not go to hell. It's not obedience because I love God, yeah. right? Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commands. In other words, the com- you obeying me is just a product of your love. It's not you having to work hard to do it. It's it's if you love if you truly love me, obeying me is a byproduct of that. And I was like, man, that's real. Cuz most of us at some point in time didn't really love God. We just feared hell more than they were like whatever did it take to not go to hell? That's I just want that option. Let me get that. <laughs> right? Um, I'll take that for 200 Like we we didn't really love God And it's like It's not until you come into the To the uh, True knowledge of who God is And actually Find l- The love of God Right It says we love him Because he first loved us And so until you actually experience his love You can't fully even Love him back yeah. um, And so it says that This is in uh, One of them Johns I think First John It says that um, his commands are not burdensome It says that whoever is born of God Overcomes the world And so as a byproduct of true salvation Where you have true understanding True knowledge of who Jesus Christ is Who his love is What his love is um, And the price that he paid As a, pr- 
pro- as a byproduct of that yeah. overcoming sin mm-hmm. becomes your nature yeah. right and so it's a process of being sanctified and it's a process of actually understanding and standing under grace mm-hmm. like uh, oftentimes we say when i sin when we sin we're like nah, i'm not going to do that again right mm-hmm. it's out of will yeah. it's not out of grace yeah. once we truly receive grace it says that grace gives birth to righteousness, right? Meaning when you truly find the spirit of grace and encounter grace and understand the grace of God, it says Jesus is full of grace and truth. And so, again, if I don't know Jesus through his word, I can't, I don't know grace. And so um, once you truly find that grace, it gives birth to righteousness and causes you to sin no more at that point. And when they say sin no more, sin less, um, or to be perfected through your faith. Um, but that's just, that's what it is. It's a daily process of saying, all right, Lord, let's, let's get it. Let me, help me to find the spirit of grace. Cause I did that not too long ago. Like I did something I'm like, man, I'm not doing that no more. Like, but it was out of, I could tell it was out of will. And I was like, okay, I can will to stop doing this forever, but I don't want it to be out of, out of my flesh. I want to obey you through, through the spirit of grace which is two different things. So uh, I got lost in what I was saying. I had a question, but I, I lost. Y'all got any questions or anything? I want to give um, an example of like yielding to his grace, right? Versus your will. So um, after I got saved, I, um, it was a few months later, I was going through a breakup and um, I was sitting in the car and I was feeling, it was like late at night, I think I was coming back home from work or something like that. And I'm sitting in the car and I just felt like this urge to call my ex. And I really, I was missing my ex and like I really wanted to, you know, to call, text, whatever. Um, because I wanted to, <laughs> because I, I wanted to like, um, you know, just stop feeling like that, that yearning. I wanted to, you know, just like satiate it, you know, like I wanted to, you know, just stop like feeling that anymore. I felt lonely and I felt like, you know, like, all right, like I've been resisting, I've been resisting, I've been resisting. Like I let this relationship go so I could focus on my relationship with the Lord. And, you know, like I don't got it in me right now. Like I really want to call. Um, but I remembered, you know, reading about uh, in second Phil- or uh, Philippians chapter two, um, how it talks about us working at our our salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it says, um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Yeah. And so we work out. God is who works in. Mm-hmm. And so um, I decided like in that moment, like, because there were times before where I would feel that feeling, I would feel that loneliness, and then I would just go ahead and call. I would just go ahead and text. I just go ahead and pull up. But I was like, God, I really want to please you. Like this is what your word said. I just read this in in Philippians chapter two. You know, I really want to experience your grace. And like so, so many times, like we think like, okay, like we we're in our own will. We're like, all right, I'm gonna resist sin. I'm gonna resist sin. I'm gonna resist sin. Like I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. And then we fall back. But there's another part of that, and it's actually, like, we don't take the time to actually, like, allow God to work. Um, and so, like, in that moment, I was like, all right, I'm going to actually, like, try this time, you know, 
um, instead of, you know, just like resisting within my head, like, um, you know, I'm going to actually allow you to work and I'm going to actually like, I'm actually do it. So um, what I did in that moment, like I'm sitting in the car, right? And I was like, all right, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to text. And instead, I felt this urge to like turn on worship music. Um, so I start. I turned on worship music and I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, like I need you to help like remove this desire out of me. Like I, I really want to call. I really want to text. But like, you know, I, I don't want to I want to be a better woman. Like I want to, um, you know, be pure and I want to stop missing this person. And so when I prayed about it and I continued to worship, the song start starts like singing over me and I start like getting my mind off of that. I stopped getting my mind off of the the loneliness and mm. you know what I felt I was missing out on and I felt in the spirit it literally broke. It's like something shifted and I felt the love of God like so overwhelmingly and I I felt satisfied in that moment, you know. That loneliness I was feeling, I realized in that moment it was just that I wanted to feel loved. Mm. It wasn't that I really wanted to go out and sin. It wasn't that I really, I, what I was chasing after the Lord gave me right there, be, but it was because I chose to align with my my God instead of, you know, aligning with my flesh and falling to my flesh again, you know? Um, the word talks about when you resist the devil, then he'll flee. Yeah. It's so true. Like, after that, I would be tested, and I realized, okay, because I passed that test the last time, and I just didn't keep it in my head and, like, fight in my head, but instead, like, I also again worked out so like i decided to physically like turn on worship music i decided to sit there and actually pray and talk to my father like because i took those actions in faith yeah. he met me there yeah. and so yeah mm. i just want to encourage us like you know a lot of times Good. again we say like we're it's not working our willpower is not working like but it's mm. god who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose so allow him like yield to your spirit yield to what the lord is selling is, is is telling you to um do in that moment you know um and he satisfies it. That's good. That's so good. One of y'all got to say something. I've been talking too much. So I'm going to ask a question if y'all don't have nothing. And I'm going to just choose one. <laughs> <laughs> Not, so I'm going to just add some scripture to what uh, Elijah said. And I think this is important for our relationships um, to to recall the history that we have with God, to recall what God has done. Um, Lamentations 3 uh, verse 21 says this I recall to my mind therefore I have hope mm. right and so uh, whenever I have that history with God or when yeah. uh, that time has been spent with God or um, it's I have something so a lot of times the trials that we went through like I said in my job situation it was a reminder of yo I've been through an interview process like this before I've seen so once I got the itinerary I'm like oh like this is it I I've been here before and it's the same thing when we go through trials when we go through tribulations when we go through anything in uh in life it's i've been here before i've seen this before god i know the giant that i faced here right why was david capable of slaying goliath he says no i've i've slayed lion you don't understand i've slayed lions i've slayed bears i've slayed all these different things and because of that history now this giant shall be like one of these yeah. And so it's recalling the history that I have with God. It's recalling the time spent with God, what God has done for me before. When I have that time, when I have those examples, I can call on those things. I can, when I have the word hidden in my heart, I can call back, Lord, you said <laughs> to be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication. So this, this anxiety that I feel is not mine. This fear that I have, because you said you did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love and a sound mind. And so when I recall back to me the word, 
that's the importance of having the word hidden in our heart. So now I don't even have to, I may be feeling this loneliness right now, but Lord, you are with me wherever I go. So it's about recalling to your mind and having that in your heart as well. It's good. I've hidden this word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Right. And so right, everything I know, every episode, bro, we get it. Read the Bible. <laughs> I, I don't know no other way. Like there's no cheat codes to this to this life of Christianity other than the word of God. Everything flows through the word. And so ah, as you were speaking at uh, Revelation chapter two, starting at verse four, this is Jesus speaking through um, John as he's getting this revelation. He says he had just, you know, complimented the church of Ephesus. He's like, yo, y'all are doing good. Y'all persevering, y'all are going through hardships, everything, you're not growing weary, great. He says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Um, so, again, it's, it's tying the word is going to tie everything together yeah. we talked about love if you don't have to actually encounter the true love of god you none of this is going to even work uh, but it says consider how far you have fallen right mm-hmm. uh repent mm-hmm. um you've forsaken your first love like first love. you loved them at first and so think about those things you did when you first got saved when you was when you was lit you got saved you like bro i'm bad nothing but jesus right you start reading you start worshiping you start praying you start watching certain things on youtube you stop certain things on youtube you stop certain music all that and then somewhere along the line you got a little too comfortable in sin you got too comfortable let me just watch this stuff a little bit we got too comfortable not you got too comfortable not acknowledging god's presence um and so return to the to your first love return to the things you used to do Um, not out of not out of a formula like if I do this then God's going to show up but out of God you you were there at this time or not even you were there he's he's uh, omnipresent but I was with you Mm -hmm. right and so it's a really a matter of again I want to be where you are it's a matter of okay God let me locate where you are because clearly we not i'm not at the same page so let me go back i remember when i was doing that oh you spoke to me every morning when i read for you know whatever long time whatever it is um but go back to those things and for a season and let god continue to speak to you and remind you of the things that he has for you um well that word right it ain't no joke it it, it ain't no work it ain't no joke all right along ray um what are the benefits of salvation outside of eternity so on earth just or you can list one it don't matter how many you can list the benefits of salvation um you get to experience the full the fullness of god you get to you get to experience what the father's love really is um and it's it I always describe it as like a warm hug. It's like God is is with us. Like he's never left us. And so we know that even if we the word says if we make our bed in hell, he's with us, right? And so literally God is with us in every moment of our lives. And I think that's a satisfaction that I have that I know that I can I can do all things 
through Christ. It's in the word, right? And so I know that he's my father. He's going to he's going to take care of me. I know that if I'm sick, I can count on him as Jira. I know that I mean, um that's sick, but count on him as Rafa. If I'm in need of something, I know I can count on him as Jira. And so I think that it's just an ongoing um feeling of knowing that an omnipresent God is with me throughout my whole day. Mm, that's good. In him is the fullness of joy. Yeah. I think joy is probably the, joy. one of the biggest benefits, one of the greatest benefits yeah. I can think of, right? Because um, the joy of the Lord, right, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So absence of joy is an absence of strength. Yeah. So some of us are weak because we have no joy. Um, and some of us have been trying to find joy and we call it happiness, but we all know happiness is temporary. Yes. Happiness is when I give you, you know, $50, but then once somebody take it away, you ain't happy no more. Yeah. Joy is Paul saying, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance, whatever. whether I have none or whether I have plenty, I've learned to be content. You could take, you could strip me. Paul got beat. He got whatever thing you could think of Paul went through. He's literally writing half of this stuff in prison. Um, and he's like, I don't care. Like, I know what it is to have. I know what it is to not have. And I've learned, keyword learn, the secret of being content in all circumstances. And so um, joy, man, uh, is it is a fulfillment in Christ. And so, again, when people have joy, you could be having a bad day. But the bad day doesn't dictate your spirit because you're Joy is a what? A fruit of the spirit. And so uh, love, joy, peace. And so um, joy, man. I I feel like joy is the reason why some people, you see some people, you're like, bro, you're always happy. And it's like, no, I ain't happy. I got joy. I don't care what's going on. Uh, I I have joy. So any other benefits of salvation? I was going to say the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Um, you have it written. Oh, you want me to go to the verse? I think it was the Galatians five 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 twenty two. Appreciate it. So we got we got we got to have some people that know the word out here, helping us out. Um, hold on. Sorry. Why you do that? I'm gonna read. I'm gonna go before because it talks about the fruits of the spirit. But before that, it talks about the acts of the flesh. Yeah. So this is going to all work yeah. together. All right. Yeah. Let's get it. All right. So we are at Galatians chapter five, verses 19 through whatever we go through. All right. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish amb- ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, there was a question. I meant to get to it, but I was waiting for the right time. Somebody said, can you lose salvation? I'm not here to debate whether once saved, always saved or not. But it says that these those that practice these things, right? Not saying those that have done this once, twice, three times, whatever, right and repented 
Not saying that. It's saying those that live like this is what the scripture says will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you can call yourself a Christian. Um, and again, hear me. I'm not saying that you've done this. I'm not. I'm saying these are people that live like this, that do it without repenting, that have no remorse, that are just like, this is how I'm living. Um, I'm not saying you did the thing and then you're like, Lord, help me to do right. Um, and even if you did it again, if, if your posture is, Lord, help me. Um, that's different than the person that's like, I'm living in sin, right? I'm cooling. Um, but those people cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And then we got the fruits of the spirit. But the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Ooh, no bugs, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Mm-hmm. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with mm-hmm. its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. Ah, uh, all right. So, <laughs> okay. So, we have these acts of the flesh, right? It says somewhere else. I don't know where this is. This may be, uh, oh, this is right above this. Okay, 16. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. These are in conflict with each other so that you may not do what you want to do. Right? But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So I explained this in the last episode, Romans 6. You have the law, you have righteousness. I talked about this a little bit earlier. The law actually leads, this is the Torah, meaning, let's just say the Bible to make it make sense. What God has spoken, his instructions, if you only go by that without the spirit of grace, it will lead to sin, right? And sin will lead to death. But if you are led by the spirit, the spirit gives birth to grace, which gives birth to righteousness. So it says, let us walk in step let's walk in step with the spirit what that really looks like is i almost want to stand up and do it but i don't because the camera not gonna get it all but okay if if two people walking right you got you and the holy spirit a life of sin is like you going back here every time you sin you you taking a step back the spirit's still moving right and so it says let us walk in step in the spirit meaning you got to do what you got to do to be where he's at right and a life full of sin and impurity and all of these things is going to lead to you being at a distance with him right um it says grieve not the holy spirit right don't quench the holy spirit when you live a life of sin the holy spirit is quenched in your life to where he's like imagine how y'all feel when you go certain places like certain places whether they're dirty whether it's a whole bunch of people cursing and drinking and smoking or doing whatever, or maybe that's the life. Whatever environment is uncomfortable to you, think about that. Yeah. That's how the Holy Spirit feels when we live in sin and and all of this stuff. He's like, I love you, but I don't want to. I don't want to be here for real. Um, and so our job is to make the atmosphere of our lives conducive to the Holy Spirit. And so to Nelly's point earlier. When she said that she wanted to, you know what I'm saying, hit, hit old boy up. Like, oh, what's happening? Um, what did she do? 
she created an atmosphere that was conducive for the spirit. She yeah. put she put on worship. She played music. She listened to sermons. That's creating an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit says, "All right, let me let me take control." That's walking in step with the Holy Spirit, and so um, make sure. A lot of times we make it easy for ourselves to sin, right? Oh, when you get like right when 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 a girl hits you up, you like, yeah. I'm already on this side of town. <laughs> Might as well, right? What it looks like to run from it is like, yo, I'm I'm dipping. Or maybe let's let's be even more practical than that, right? She hits you up, you like, yeah, I'm gonna go over. It's like eleven o'clock. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. You think what the enemy does is he says you can go over there, but you're just gonna be strong, right? You like, I'll be I'll be strong. You get over there, you ain't strong, right? <laughs> what I've learned is strong men are not men that have this supernatural resilience. Strong men are men that set boundaries, right? Or right. people that set boundaries and say, because that's how, bro, that's how the enemy does. He make you think like, you see, you weak. And it's like, nah, the people that you actually think is strong, they're not going over there at that time because they're really not that strong, right? Nobody's that strong. Your body not even wired like that. Um, and so take the, grace, take, take the condemnation and shame off you by thinking, man, I'm just so weak. It's like, nah, you're not weak. You just don't have boundaries mm-hmm. um you don't have discipline you don't have borders and so that's something that helped me to realize like oh, okay god I, i'm I, i'm i ain't tripping tripping i just gotta make sure and so uh i, I watched the sermon and he said most people let's say you got one through ten if your limit is 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 seven most people say okay i'm gonna get up to seven and then i'm gonna stop there Nah, you need to draw the line at like four, right? <laughs> Some of them you draw like three, two, one. You might need to just don't do nothing, right? Right, block them, something. Um, because, again, the flesh and the spirit, they're in opposition. Yeah. And so if you give too much room, too much leeway to the, yeah. to the flesh, the spirit, he don't even have no room to work because you're too far gone. Um, and so do yourself a favor by by just not even getting to that place where you have to make. If, if you don't go over there, it's not about being strong. You're not even there. Yeah. Right. So your strength is before the moment, oftentimes, but, yeah. but then after. So. The spirit, uh, is the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. The, that flesh, boy, that flesh is weak. First um, Corinthians nine, though. Uh Paul talks about discipline um, and he says that this is the importance of fasting, right? Fasting is not this supernatural tool to just hear from God. That's that's not the only thing fasting is for. Fasting is so that your body and your flesh can understand who's in charge, right? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, if somebody can pull it up faster than I can, but he talks about discipline his body. He said, uh, I don't run aimlessly, 27, um, can I see somebody's phone or something? Appreciate it. He said, I don't run. Okay, New King James? All right, all right, all right. Um, all right, we're working. We're, we're working. All right. Uh, you can switch it. You're already there, so you can switch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I got it, I got it. Uh, I switched it. All right, here we go. Because I, like I, like I like the NIV because I feel like it's more understandable for people. So, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets a prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. 
They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself self will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul said, yo, he recognized this thing where I can preach it. But if I don't discipline myself, I won't practice it. And he says, I could literally, I mean, you, you see it with pastors all the time. You, and a lot of times you get surprised when you say, oh, such and such pastor has fallen into sin. How could this be? Because we associate good preaching and teaching with holiness, purity, a life laid down. And it's like, bro, if you're smart enough, that's what I said earlier. You can do, move in the power of God apart from god and so um it should be no surprise that if you don't discipline yourself you're gonna end up in sin you get like paul said i would be disqualified um and you can preach to everybody else i can sit here on a christian podcast but if i don't do the work to crucify myself to put in you know to discipline myself and say lord help me that's what fat that's the whole point i went i went here is for fasting right fasting is where you say, I'm hungry, right? But I won't eat so that I train my body to say whatever I want is what it's going to do, whether it likes it or not. Because um, think about what's the first sin? It was eating an apple, right? Or not an apple, we don't know. The fruit of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Not an apple. Um, but the first sin was through food. And so it is in our nature that the that the enemy can use um our appetite and the natural to even um that kind of links with our nat- our appetite and the spirit so okay um i have one other um is a benefit right a benefit of salvation uh, salvation yeah. okay um okay so john chapter 14 I just lost it. 23, verse 23. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. Mm -hmm. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home in him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you give to you as this world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Yee! Um, one of the benefits is having god himself literally living on the inside of you um intimacy and relationship with him um and i think that's one of my favorites um because it shows you that you're not alone and we go through a lot of like trauma in life we go through a lot emotionally and even with people like with each other um and so easy it is to um have trust issues and you know just withhold from people 
but God literally he gave his only begotten son like he sent his son to die for us and then not only that but he decided to send his spirit to live on the inside of us mm -hmm. and so he doesn't withhold from us yeah. literally he says my spirit the counselor holy spirit like he is the one who counsels us so he's we're literally never alone like that intimacy yeah. is crazy like you know he doesn't withhold um even that chapter over um john 15 verse 15 i no longer jesus is saying i no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business instead i have called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. And whatever you ask in my name, my father will give it to you. And so like just that, I, mm. that's something this, this week that I've been just like meditating on is just the fact that he doesn't withhold from us. And so maybe you've experienced like people withholding from you or not loving you purely, but God loves you pu purely. You know, he loves you fully and he'll speak to you and he'll make things known to you. You know, even your own emotions and what you're going through, you know, he'll counsel you through that. You know, he'll heal you through that. He's your your therapist, your counselor, you know, like. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that's really beautiful. Some of us have just never experienced, um, you know, true intimacy or, or it's our intimacy has been abused. Right. Um, but he purifies it, you know, and because he's that for you. Um, and because you can grow in that and um, learn to be more open with him and um, fully like learn that you can fully trust him with your emotions, with your feelings, with the things that you've gone through, all of that, you also are now able to be that for other people. Yeah. So you can trust others again and you can be um, you, you can choose not to withhold from other people again. You can have thriving relationships and um, truly love one another as the word commands. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think that's one of the, the most beautiful things. I know we say at the beginning that we say yo, can we get a yee? <laughs> <laughs> they say oh, my voice don't go that high. <laughs> All right, with that and with the whole thing of sin, because the reason why we're talking about sin so much is because sin is what separates us from God, and sin is a stumbling block to salvation. Um, oftentimes, people say it. They say God will not. They say the, the Bible says God will not put any more on you than you can bear. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And there's a, it's a distinction, right? God places more on you than you can bear because that without that, you wouldn't be dependent on him, right? If, if everything that you had on your plate, you could do in your own strength, why would we need Jesus, right? But when it comes to temptation, this is what the scripture is referring to. We are in James chapter 1. This man always reading the scripture. Can we just talk? Um... <laughs> <laughs> James chapter 1 I ain't done that voice all episode have I I did <sighs> I might have to go through like the season and do like a counter next season I'm gonna do I'm gonna have like a counter when I do that little thing um maybe one day I'll grow up um James chapter 1 verse 13 when tempted this is temptation no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Yeah. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. It's a formula. Yee! All right. All right. So, 
One, if you're tempted, God ain't do it, yeah. right? He does not cause temptation. He allows it, right? Because, again, without the testing of your faith, you would, you testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance, right, finishes work. So, you mean, yeah. be mature, complete, not lacking anything, right? So, he doesn't cause it. He will allow some, but he will only allow it to the level that you're able. And God is a good and all-knowing, sovereign father. He knows me and Che, our level of what we can handle of temptation is different naturally. And so what may be like, this is too much. Like, this is beyond, I can't do it. God knows that for me. And what might be the same for Che or Nelly or Alain Ray, anybody up here or anyone, he knows the level. And so that means if I'm tempted by it, I have the ability to handle it. Yeah. Right? With him, but I do. And so sometimes we feel like the temptation is like, bro, this is too much. And God is saying through this scripture here, if you are tempted by it, you have the ability to overcome it. Going back to the first John, first John, I think that's five. He who is born of God has overcome the world. And so. Um, and then it's, it's based on your own desire. Right. That's why sometimes we look at some people in their sin and say, well, how could they do that? Well, how, how could they? That's a weird thing to do. Or that's crazy. What? It's like. Yo, we all have sinful desires in our in our unredeemed in our flesh, um, and so if you don't, if you're not careful with that, that thing you 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 know you should call me. I ain't got nothing to do. Right? That's where it starts again. That's that's the desire. The desires go over, but you know maybe just trying to keep it holy still. But then once you get over, you're 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 dragged away by your own desire. And it gives birth to sin, and that gives birth to death. Yeah. So, ah, uh, yay! <laughs> All right, man. I like, man. I'm a. Um, as y'all can see, these can be like three, four, five, six hours if we we ain't have you know uh, a schedule. But you know they like to keep me on the schedule, so we gonna we gonna transition. We gonna make sure we worship. But before that, um. One, did anybody have any final comments, thoughts, anything that was burning in your heart that you wanted to share? I was wondering if we could ask them if they had any questions about salvation, like here. I mean, I, I you know. Oh, now, look, now she up here. She's you not worried about the salvation. time. Exactly. Right. Does anybody have any questions? Like, that's just like... Maybe you didn't have time to put it in the Q and A, or it's just take too long. You could just shout it out. We gonna we all the family here, so just blurt that thing out. Anybody? All right. Be brave. There it is. So her question was, um, she understands that, you know, to be saved, to follow Jesus, the cost seems like it's everything. Like you have to give up your life. Um, and through that, 
uh, there's been some trauma experienced. How have we gone through that? Have we been healed through that trauma? Um, have we been in that? How have uh, we allowed God to handle that? So I definitely have um, gone through, like I've experienced like giving myself fully to Christ, right? And then like, you know, doing things his way and then feeling like I've been burned by it. Um, and like at one point, like I went to therapy, you know, after that. So like there was this uh, one season in my life where um, I experienced like hurt by people in church and um, it was really, really bad. Like, and I was committed to, um, my favorite passage of scripture is Romans 12. Um, but it talks about at the end, don't come for me, I can see y'all. Um, I love that Romans 12. So don't, enemies, don't read it, you got to memorize. If your enemy is hungry, you give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, right? Um, if you do this, you'll keep burning coals on their head, which is a sign of repentance, right? So I was like believing that. Um, and thinking like, okay, like the word says like, you know, first of all, I know that like we're supposed to, my life is supposed to be reflecting, you know, what this word says, like how, you know, his principles, you know, we do the action and, you know, we see, we see the promise, right? So I'm like, okay, like if I'm supposed to, you know, feed my enemy and, um, you know, give him something to drink and then in doing this, basically they'll be, you know, they'll repent, like they'll, you know, turn their lives around and they'll apologize and everything like that they'll start treating me better and everything right um so i'm like okay as, as long as i'm doing right by them you know i'm blessing them and not cursing them everything's gonna turn around here right in this church did, did not happen until years later i got the you know praise the lord i got the apologies and everything like that but it was years later and while i'm in the middle of it i'm i'm just feeling abused i'm feeling manipulated i'm feeling overlooked i'm feeling like just all of these things right um and it just was really really hurtful and i was trying really hard to make sure that i'm honoring god you know with my life and then honoring the people too um and i wasn't perfect in it but i was trying you know um and i kept I, i'd keep trying every single day right um and so yeah it just did a number on me like mentally and and even affected my relationship with the lord i'm like all right god these are people like and i um had just gotten saved like not too long before that so that was a season of perseverance that I had to go through, um, in order to really build my trust in God, um, you know, and see him as also my deliverer and one who uh, fights for me. Um, but I, I realized that after, um, so yeah, like I, it was just a lot. And so the Lord led me to, um, start going to therapy and he had been leading me for months. Um, you know, it was over the pandemic, but I was like ignoring it a little bit. And so, um, I finally like went. I had this uh, actually I had this vision like while I was at work, um, I, I heard you have rejection issues and it was like a movie. Um, the Lord was playing for me just all these times where I had been operating out of rejection. And it, um, he was just showing me like how I was rejected in, in that area and, you know, just how it was actually rooted in just childhood trauma. Um, and basically my obedience to going to therapy and making sure I included God in therapy um not only did it like help me through that like help me process through that but it also helped me process through um just the childhood trauma um and it wound up um just freeing me in every area of my life you know um so i say that to say like you know you are going to feel pain like you are going to have to persevere like kevin just read um 
you know, James chapter one, verse two, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith, it produces perseverance. Perseverance has to, it says it has to finish its work. Perseverance has to finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Yeah. Again, that's a process of sanctification so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Again, we also talked about like perfection. The only way that we meet God is, is, is perfection. That's the only way we can, can, can see him, you know? So that means that during this lifetime, like before we're face to face with him, that process of sanctification, that process of being made perfect and mature and complete, like we have to have it so that we can see him one day and be presented as a church that is holy um, and spotless and blameless before him. And so there's no way out but through. And so that takes enduring through pain. That takes suffering. There's going to be a whole lot more in this. We're just aside from like our everyday things and not minimizing that, like aside from the everyday things that we go through with relationships and things like that, um, it's going to be a lot that's happening in this world that we're going to have to persevere through. Look at the pandemic. Like it's going to be more things like just it talks about the end times in the word. Like it's going to be more that we have to persevere through. And so um, we have to be strong and bold believers. Right. And so just again, like that perseverance is important. And so, um, yeah, like there's you experience pain, but there's also he promises to be with you through it. And he pro- promise promises that he's a healer. So um, I just would encourage you, like, you know, to. God is who he says he, he is. And we have to um, we have to experience that, you know, like there's some things that we read about and we get revelation from it and we believe it. But there's also experiential things that we go through so that we can know that we know that we know that our God is good. And that, yes, he, you know, encourages me, but he also, or yes, he uh, um, allows me to go through endurance, but like he also is my healer, you know. I I, um, wanted to add to that. um, One of the things that God has revealed to me is that people are also struggling. Um, People need, need God. And so God is dealing with everybody in their own individual way. And so what God has dealt with me he may not deal with you. And so because everybody is imperfect, it's it's a recipe for people to actually hurt you. You can get hurt. And so I think for for me, I have asked God for the discernment to see, okay, God, how how do I navigate this particular person? Or how do I hear what or even God just revealing to me some of the things that they might be struggling with um, so that I can know how to pray for them and I won't go into offense, but I will be in offense or offense, offense for them and not. Um, it's the same word. Is it? It's the same right. word, right? Offense and offense? It's the same spelling. Defense? So I won't be defensive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh. But is 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 it the same spelling? Oh, it's a C and the S I. I bet the hey, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so just getting discernment from God on like how how do these people operate? God, what what is it that I can pray for for them? Because what they're doing is hurting me, and so I know you didn't call me here in this life to be hurting by other people. But God, give me this opportunity to pray for the person. Um, and that's helped me 
because yeah. I can see that I can see that okay, this person probably is struggling with rejection, and this issue that they're having is based off of their rejection, and they're feeling like they have to be perfect, like perfect, because mm. you know they feel like they have something to prove. So I would just ask for discernment on that. Yeah, it's like we have to love be people by faith. Yeah, like yeah, literally have to love people by faith. So that means if you don't see the fruit. You still got to love. Yeah. You still have to obey. Yeah. Like, God, he did it for us, you know? Yeah. And that's a command, you know? continues to do it. Yeah. continues to do it. And we also have to, like, I think trust God with our process of sanctification, too. Like, yeah. we have to trust God with, you know, okay, Lord, if you said that this is the yoke that I'm supposed to bear in this life, like, I don't see all. I don't know all. So that means that all right, like, this is hard, but I'm going to trust you because doing it my way ain't working, you know? Amen. Amen. Trey? <clears throat> so, all I really wanted to say is that it takes a revelation of Christ, a revelation of who he is uh, to be able to do that, to know, and again, going back to the word, going back to the character of God, who is God, who does his word say that he is? Because a lot of times what we do is we project our, uh, our emotions towards people or our experiences with people on God. And so uh, the Bible tells us, Proverbs 3, 5, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So a lot of times what happens is because uh, Nellie let me down, my trust in her has wavered and now my trust in God has wavered. Mm -hmm. What I've done is I've projected the trust issue that I had with this person on God, mm -hmm. right? And to know that uh, God's ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher than mine. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. And so understanding that is that, okay, this person may have lied to me, but God, you can't lie. And so I know that you're not going to lie to me through this situation and being having. So all I'm saying is having that revelation of who God is, having that revelation of Christ helps you. And that is a benefit of salvation. Because once I understand who my Lord and Savior is, I understand that in this world I will have trouble. But I can take heart because Jesus has overcome them all. He's overcome the world. And so there's nothing, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no mental disorder, there's no frustration that this person is giving towards me that can stop me. What can separate me from the love of God? Yeah. <laughs> Right. And so having that Yee. understanding, having that knowledge, having that revelation is so important. It's so vital. That is the benefit. That's the criticality of salvation. And that's one of the reasons why we can't neglect mm. salvation either. That boy was in the dictionary. He said criticality. I can't even say it. <laughs> nah, that's good stuff for real, bro. Uh, quick question. When you imagine Jesus, if I just say Jesus, like a picture of Jesus, how do you envision him? Just shout something out. Like, what is he doing? Holding your hand. Sitting on the throne. What else? What we got? Teaching. Outstretched hands. On the cross. Um, okay. A lot of times, like, when we think about it, like, we often, you know, Think about the, we also, like, yeah, especially in worship, think about the crucifixion, think about the, the death burial, right? And I remember the other day, like, I was thinking about Jesus, and I saw him on the cross, right? But then I was reminded, he not there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes, to, to Chase's point, we need a, a new revelation of who Jesus is. 
I'm like, wait a second. He not there. The Bible says he's seated on the right hand of the Father. And it says that we're in him. It says that we are seated in Christ. Yeah. And so I'm like, ah. So we got this. Sometimes we have this this, uh, update. When you get a phone, you got to update that joint, right? Or else you're going to be outdated. Some of us have an outdated image of Jesus. And so sometimes, like, through the word, (laughs) through the word, you have to update your image of who Jesus is, your revelation of who Jesus is. And so you have to read it and remember, oh, wait, it says that I am the righteousness of, like, in Jesus, right? It says that we're seated in Christ with God in heavenly places. And so I'm like, oh, that changes my perspective, right? That changes my knowledge and understanding of what everything is i'm not i'm not worshiping a jesus on a cross i'm i'm worshiping a resurrected savior who i'm seated in that's totally different that changes how i go about life and sin and trauma and and everything that we go uh through in life and so um say update your perspective yeah, I ain't, ain't really say it with me. Let's go to church. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to church for a second, y'all. Say, update your perspective. Update your perspective. All right. So, um, man, I could keep talking. I do want to answer this question because I think it's important. Do we need a complete understanding before we can say our heart is in it? I would say the more understanding you have, the more accurate your faith is. But as all of us have demonstrated, most of us, when we asked, yo, who actually knew what it all cost when we actually got saved most of us hands weren't up and so um god will work with what you where you are but don't use that to not right it says uh it says uh hold on um the one with knowledge it says study to show yourself approved right so you study literally to show yourself approved before god and say I understand what it is. I understand the cost. I understand what I'm actually doing to say yes. But I, I would say God would work. God works with where you are, um, but continue to grow in knowledge and understanding and work out your faith with fear and trembling, as, as the word says. So, ah, man. All right. I got to wrap up this episode. Are we never going to get out of it? So. I appreciate you guys for watching. I do want to pray for salvation. Um, salvation is, we've been talking about salvation the whole time, but if you're watching this, if you're in the park anywhere out here, and you're like, man, I don't know. Like, if the question is, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? If you have any question, any doubt about that, then I don't know if your salvation is complete. Right. And so we want to make sure that our faith, our salvation is secure in Christ. I don't want anybody to watch a whole episode like this and still be like, I don't know if I'm saved. Um, And so following Jesus, saying yes to Jesus, we talked about through this episode, the benefits. We we talked about the cost um, and the benefits far outweigh the cost. Right. Because he really paid all of it. And so our cost is really just submitting to him, him, who he is, what he did. Um, and saying, Lord, my life is not my own, so do with it what you will. And so um, let's just pray. So, Lord God, we just thank you. We love you, God. We lift you up and we say thank you for this episode. Thank you for this time. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing, God. Thank you for loving us and um, the fact that you sent your only begotten son 
to die on the cross and be resurrected on the third day just for us, Lord God. So, Lord, we give you a yes today, God. We say yes to Jesus. We say yes to following you as our Lord and Savior. And we just say whatever it comes with, whatever, uh, what come what may, God, we will serve you, God. We will worship you, Lord. We lay our lives down, God. We pick up our cross and follow you. Lord, we just say thank you that you chose us, God. Your word says that you chose us. It says that... Um, we love you because you first loved us, yes, Lord. Lord. And so we just uh, return and give you a response of love, God. We we respond and say we love you, God. We love you, Jesus. And so if there's anybody watching this or listening that uh, wants to accept Jesus for their for their first time to say yes to say I will follow Jesus, then I pray. Uh, just repeat this prayer after me and say, Lord, Lord. I surrender my sins. I surrender my life. I surrender my life. I confess my sins. I confess my sins. And I turn to you. And I turn to you. I run to you, Jesus. I run to you, Jesus. As you are my savior. As you are my savior. I accept your love. I accept your love. I accept your grace. I accept your grace. I accept everything that you come with. I accept everything that you come with. Jesus, you've made me. Jesus, you've made me. You formed me. You formed me. You died for me. And it is because of my belief in that, and my confession, that I am saved. So, Lord, I surrender it all. Use me. Do what you want. Have your way. I surrender my life totally, fully to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, if that's you, if you said that prayer, if you... Say, yo, I want to be saved. I'm saved today. We're going to clap it up for the person that just said that for the first time. So we celebrate you. We celebrate you. Because um, that's not a small decision. Even the leaves celebrating you. They said, hey, we got confetti out here. <laughs> they said, turn up. We got we to have a praise party. Right. <laughs> um, but for real, that's the best decision you can ever make. All of heaven and earth. Look, the earth said, we're going to rejoice too. The trees even obey. <laughs> Right. Um, and so if that was you, we just say welcome to the family. Welcome to the uh, the body of believers, the body of Christ. And we just um, shout out to you. There's an episode called um, I'm Saved, Now What? Uh, me and Che did that can just talk about through like first steps for what you should do after you get saved. And so check that episode out. Um, but to everybody here and also online, thank you for watching this episode of a Christian podcast and remember to make today worth living. Peace.